almost done. This is the last week. And um, I have just a, a few comments from everything last week. Um, looked really good. I, th I think the noticeable thing uh, from my side of the computer is looked like perusal was a little difficult. Um, and I think it's for, I think it's for several reasons. Um, one of which, uh, completely legitimate because I, I feel it as well. Um, probably some fatigue. It's a lot of reading and, you know, at some point you probably feel like, I don't know what to say anymore. I've been reading this stuff for almost six weeks now and I'm kind of running out of ideas or or who to comment, re you know, respond to, reply to. And, and so um, I think it's fatigue, so that, that's part of it. Um, the, I think the other part is we're talking about you know, these sort of obligations to the future and you look at something like the environment. Um, there, there's two sort of responses or maybe three. I think um, out of the three, there's sort of a generalized well yeah of course obviously we should do that and then that makes it hard because it doesn't seem like learning so much um i think the other one is um a concern that that is too focused that that is too uh contentious maybe in some ways to say that 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 is an obligation or in the way that it's framed in, in some of those um, readings or, or even the sort of the generalized prompt itself. Um, and, the, and the third one, right, is, is, is kind of nuanced. So it's, it can be a little bit beyond the scope of where many of you are looking, um, not all of you. And that is, you know, the, the interesting thing about the environment, right, as sort of a future concern. Um, you know, part of my background is teaching applied ethics and, you know, it's it's sometimes referred to, uh, right, this kind of gives you an idea of like how, how far muck it can go, right? It can be referred to as like an interspecies type of ethics and, you know, I don't know. I can see where that puts a lot of people off, so I'm not concerned about that. Um, probably where I look a lot at it um, or have concerns about the environment in, in this way is more of the intergenerational. Um, it's not so much that we're killing the planet or harming it. I mean, the planet's the planet and it's, it will be what it'll be. It could change, but it would still be around. Um, it's really what we do to ourselves. And those do have really genuine sort of health consequences. Um, and, and I think the other thing I've been processing a lot lately because if I'm being really, really, you know, sincerely honest about it, out of applied ethics, environmental ethics is probably one of my least favorite fields. Um, but that means it makes it makes me have to go look up more stuff to kind of stay uh, engaged with it. And you know, one of the things that I've kind of put together that does resonate with this class in the back of my head is we've done this weird thing as a species, for lack of a better word, where early on we viewed the, the world as sort of sacred, right? It was a special place. Um, reading a book about the subversion of Christianity and um, it was part of how we viewed the world, right? The, the God made this great creation and it was his, it was his space and we got to share it. 
uh, and be and be part of it. And it changed, right? And what happened is we started to designate it sacred spaces, like it had to be in a church or it had to be in a temple or it had to be in a synagogue. And, you know, that's just like one step. There's a lot more to this argument, if you want to put it that way. But just but just that simple move makes us look at the environment around us as foreign um, and different. And you fast forward to sort of the Industrial Revolution and some other things, and it's it is a boon of resources that we can use and we do. And I even blame philosophy, I think. You know, you go through the works of Francis Bacon, and I even go back as far as Aristotle. You know, the, the the world around us is something to study and to use, not to tend to, which is problematic because I I think that was one of the first things God said to Adam and Eve. If you take that story seriously, you have to care for this thing. Um, you know, much of what we've inherited, um, again, there's still green trees and the weather's fine, but um, much of what we've inherited has been contaminated in some way and can be um, dangerous and while technically I'll probably be long dead and gone before anything goes too much worse um, it is potential that we're not tending to God's creation and it is a potential that we are going to leave things much harder for later generations and so we should think about what those obligations are right so the, the, the environmental ethics was maybe a bit um, specific for some people, and I, and I get the challenge with that. Um, looking at the mission statements, I was very, very happy that a number of you either had them or had done them before or had some curiosity about starting. Um, you know, the mission statement thing, I, I know a couple of you uh, made comment, because I'm, I'm this way about value statements and vision statements and mission statements, is I can go into any organization, uh, a doctor's office, a university, a bank, uh, whatever the organization is, and they're going to have that stuff posted everywhere. And it's kind of pointless, right? It's almost there to say, hey, we have one, or we do this, or this is who we are. And it's it's almost a marketing shtick, and it means nothing. It's sometimes even, uh, you know, sometimes corporate social responsibility with the environment is the same way, just to prove that we do stuff. Please leave us alone. Uh, and so with that mindset, yeah, mission statements, silly, right? Um, but I don't think it's silly. I think it's really important and part of it, much like the value statements, um, you know, we use value statements to help us make decisions when there is no actual rule in the HR handbook or the code of conduct or professional ethics or anything like that, the training manual, and you have to make one. You have to know what you want to be responsible for, right? what you want to own. And I think when it comes to mission statements, there's something along those lines of knowing who you are. Um, and I don't know if I mentioned it before, I think I did, but you know, one of my concerns when we talk about your upcoming career and your your life, we, we, we f- fall back on language of saying, it's a call and you've been called to do this. And I really don't like that because it, it makes you separate, it takes you out, takes you away from community. And, set you on this special path. I mean, I'm pretty sure God would say all are called. Um, but more importantly, I think God would say all are sent. So you were sent to do something and the thing that you do may change, right? So that is the reality of why this difficult mission statements. It may change. I have a, um, I was a corporate trainer in the financial industry for about four years. And then I came here 
and I've been faculty and administration for going on 13 years now, almost. Well, next next semester will be 14 years. So as I look at this, you know, those are two different jobs, two different environments, but I know who I am and I know what I'm fundamentally sent to do and it is to educate. And it becomes important because, you know, when you come to crossroads in your life, what do I do? who am I to be, right? You probably already know who you are. You probably already know what that is. And sometimes, right, as I as I told a couple of you in starting out your mission statement, look at the roles you have as a you know parent, uh, son, daughter, sister, brother, teacher, police officer, whatever it is, you know, husband, wife, significant other, whatever all those, what are all those roles? And then what do you think your goals are in there? And, you know, they always seem very different, right? My, um, you know, my family life supposedly being very different from my work life. But if I take what I think I do with my children and what I do here is a matter of teaching and educating, I'm going to be that way. I'm going to do that um, in any scenario. And it becomes part of who and what I am, right? And so, my mission statement that I, re- I revisit from time to time, it's tweaked maybe a couple of times in the last decade, but it's basically been along the lines as to serve and lead others through education and training. Um, that's what I've done for almost two decades now. And it tells me pretty certainly that if I ever move on from here or do something different, maybe not as a faculty member, maybe as something else, I'm 99.9% sure it's still gonna fit that mission. That's ultimately what I've been sent to do. It's it's what I do. So, um, you know, those are the kinds of things that it will feel like it'll change over time, but you will also realize um, the odd stability of it. Because when I think of careers I've had before, um, working in, in the financial industry, um, before I did training even, I had jobs. I did well in those jobs. I was successful, I suppose. But um, I wouldn't say I was happy or doing what I was supposed to do. And sometimes you don't know that until you look back. But on that note, looking at this week, you have uh, some perusals. Uh, you have um, a big discussion question. And then uh, the two big things, you have your paper. And this is perspective. You notice it can resonate or overlap with your discussion uh, forum response. Um, I hope maybe some of you took some time last week to sort of think through the paper ahead of time. And then there's a short reading exam over the Magnificent Story. Um, It's what we've been reading in the back of all of this over and over. Um, Hopefully help you with the transcendentals. And this should be it. Thank you and have a good one.